Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. If you're injured and need a lawyer, go to HandleOnTheLaw.com. And if you're a lawyer and want to join our team, because people desperately need your help, go to HandleOnTheLaw.com and click on the Join Today tab at the top of the page. The following is a pre-recorded program. Uh, Boy, this case goes way back to 1976. And it has to do with that 70-year-old guy now. Uh, Back then, clearly, he wasn't uh, 70. Anyways, it was 1976, uh, and there was the story of the kidnapping of a bus full of kids. And boy, what a story that was. That went international. Uh, He was one of three men who kidnapped 26 children and the bus driver in Chowchilla, a small city in Northern California. More than 45 years ago, this happened. All 26 of the uh, captives, uh, the bus driver and the kids, were taken to Livermore, about 100 miles away, put into a moving truck, and then buried alive in a quarry that was owned by uh, this man's uh, father. His name is Frederick Woods. And so the kidnappers then demanded $5 million in ransom while the victims were underground. It was the largest mass kidnapping in U.S. history. Matter of fact, it was uh, inspired by a plot point in the movie Dirty Harry. That's how they came up with the idea. 16 hours later, they're underground. The kids and the driver dug themselves out and escaped while the kidnappers were sleeping. Well, uh, they pleaded guilty. The three men pleaded guilty to kidnapping and were each given 27 life sentences without the possibility to parole. They're going to die in prison. But an appeals court overturned the sentence and ruled they should have a chance for parole. So one of them, Richard Schoenfeld, was paroled in 2012. James Schoenfeld was released in 2015. Woods happens to be, uh, was the leader of the gang, if you will. And his 18th parole hearing was held at uh, the men's colony, California men's colony. It's a state prison in San Luis Obispo. He first became eligible for parole in 1982. So the parole decision saying he should be paroled now, 45 years later, uh, was heard by the hearing panel. That becomes final within 120 days. Then that decision becomes final. The governor has 30 days to review. He can either allow the decision to stand or refer it to the full board for review. And the governor then has the ability to veto it if he or she, in this case, he wants And in certain political murders, like Leslie Van Houten, one of the Manson killers, was again denied parole uh, for the sole purpose of political gain. That's it. No governor is ever going to parole a Manson murderer. In this case, kidnapping 26 kids, but no one was hurt. Uh, They were able to dig themselves out. They had air the whole time. So even though 27 uh, life, uh, life prison sentences is not a wonderful thing, it's not the same as killing a family. Sharon Tate, 
uh, her unborn child. Uh, the LaBianca is killed the next night. This is where Leslie Van Houten was involved, a grocer and his wife in their house, and then smearing the walls with blood, and it was just horrible. So uh, is he going to get out? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think the governor can get away with that. Now let's take some phone calls. Uh, hey, Don, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. My mother lives in the state of Nevada in a typical apartment uh, building complex. Up until now, some of the amenities were paid for, some were not. Her new lease includes a surcharge for things like trash and grounds maintenance. The kicker is they also want to charge her for water. Now, each individual apartment does not have a water meter. There's a main water meter for the complex, and the management is going to estimate the amount of water she uses and then charge her that per month. Is that legal? Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, they're allowed to estimate, especially if there's uh, uh, no meter except one for the entire building, because how else would they ascertain how much water she uses? Uh, you know, for example, let's say there are 60 units, so you have a, a $5,000 water bill. Do you divide $5,000 by 60? Well, what if the guy next door is a clean freak and takes three showers a day? Uh, yeah, they can estimate. Now, it has to be reasonable. You know, if it's a, a $5,000 water bill, water bill and out of the 60 units, uh, your mom gets hit with $2,000 of it. Uh, and it's not a question of legal or illegal. It's a question of uh, whether there's liability there. Uh, and because uh, there's I don't think there's any law that says or maybe there is a law in Nevada that says you're allowed to estimate. But there's no other way of doing it other than that. Uh, she gets free water and they're allowed to charge for water. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, mom's going to have to pay. Uh, that's just the way it goes. Hello, Brett. Hello. I need to know about my landlord. She gave me a verbal notice to move on January 27th. Um, now I have to be out by March 27th. Um, no, is it verbal? Don't. No, you don't. No? No, because she gives you a verbal notice. You give her a verbal no. Uh, you Everything in writing and landlord-tenant law, it all has to be written. Nothing verbal is allowed, Brett, and it has to be done correctly. Uh, so if um, something is wrong, the date is wrong, your name is misspelled, for example, you can go in and say no thank you. Now, the name misspelled is, is, is a little bit of a different issue, but uh, certainly uh, it has to be in writing. So as of right now, Brett, you have not been given a notice to move out. And uh, when you do get the notice, you get 60 days. So I, it, it depends on how, how much you want to screw your landlord over. For example, you can simply not say anything. So at the end of 60 days, uh, and you're not moving, uh, she can file an unlawful detainer to, to literally evict you. All right, Brent? An eviction procedure. The second she files it and you go not guilty and you go to court and, they, and you argue, I was never given a written notice. And she's going to be asked, where's your written notice? Well, I gave her a ver I gave Brett a verbal notice. Doesn't work. Judge will go, you've got no place to go. No notice. It's been a pleasure. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. <laughs> All right. So you're going to be OK uh, in terms of staying in or not staying in because a 60 day notice and there's relocation money that has to be given depending on which county and where where which state in California here. Uh, yeah, there's pretty big relocation money. Oh, hi, Sharon. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Sharon, hi. there you are. Yes, um, ma'am. I have, 
I have power of attorney for a woman I consider to be my aunt, but she's not a blood relative. Um, she has been declared uh, unable to make legal decisions, um, but she has no will and no trust and a lot of money. So my question is, is there a way to designate money to go to charities that she used to favor? Uh, yeah, or... there is. First of all, okay, I've got a couple of questions to ask you, Sharon. Just curious, how much money are we talking about? Um, close to $2 million. Okay, so that is a lot of money. Uh, does she have any living uh, spouse or children? She has no children, and she has relatives here in the United States. And she has what? I didn't hear that. She has no relatives here in the United States? She has, she has no relatives here in the all States. Right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, and you have power of attorney and you have access to everything. What I would do is uh, get a conservatorship, Sharon. Take a, a couple of $3,000 uh, from the estate because you have power of attorney. Are you allowed to write checks, incidentally, is against her uh, bank account? Yes, I am. Okay. So what I would do is uh, hire a trust and estate lawyer, get a conservatorship, which should be fairly easy for you to get. I mean, there's no one else out there. Uh, there are no children. They're going to come in and contest it. Once you get a conservatorship, you can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, the only thing is you don't okay. want to write your check yourself checks, although... Uh, you know, uh, you're allowed to charge uh, a reasonable price for your conservatorship. Uh, but then you're free to do right. anything you want. Uh, so I'd go to a trust and estate lawyer. And I okay. would, uh, and we have them on handleonthelaw.com, and uh, they'll tell you what to do. But, you know, good for you for uh, covering for her. And, uh, I mean, good for you for being that conscientious. And um, uh, well, good, good for you for making out a check to me for uh, marginal legal advice. Uh, which you're probably not going to do. All right, Sharon. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. David, hello, David. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Wolf. How you doing? Yes, sir. Hey. What can I do for you? Okay, I'm uh, right now separated but staying in the same house because of COVID. It's my uh, second. It's my uh, I pay. What the, the bottom line question is, do I have to pay alimony? To I don't know. Because I pay 1500 a month to my first wife, and she deserves it forever. And uh, been married now 17 years. She's employable. She had a good Well, you're talking about, hold on, uh, David, your second wife has been married. Uh, you've uh, been married for 17 years to the first wife. 22 years to the first, and now 17 to this one. Okay. So and, you're fine with the first. Uh, alimony. Now you're asking, must you pay? Uh, well, uh, is she working? She was, and she's going to start being employable again. She's going to get a good job, like fifty, sixty thousand. She can okay. do that. All right. So uh, your question is: Do I have to pay alimony to her as well when we divorce? We're civil right now. I'm going to uh, And here it is. Uh, and are you working? And how much money do you make? I'm retired. Okay. How much money do you earn? I get I make uh, five thousand. I clear a month. Okay, so you're sixty grand. If she's making fifty, sixty thousand dollars, you're going to pay nothing. Uh, really? As a matter of fact, yeah, she, she may has... end up she may end up paying you. Uh, but, really? Yeah, but only not probably not. Uh, but only if she's working. <laughs> There's a big difference between getting divorced when she's working and not working. Ah, okay. Uh, because she's going to get half of the house. I'm, I'm a, we're all civil. She's going to get half the, when I refi the house because I don't. I don't want to lose this house. The question is also, 
Uh, she's under the title, but can she still force the sale of the house if we no. get into something? No, no, no. If she's not on title, she has no say as to the house. Really? But yeah, it's not her house. Equity. But she gets half the equity because of our marriage, all right? She can go to no, 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 no. It's your house. Really? Yeah. Why would she get half the equity of your house? Now, is she help you make payments? Oh, back then, we've been living here for you know. Uh, since 2005. All right, so she has an okay. She has an argument that she's entitled to a good portion of the house, right? Uh, gonna, and and, she, wait a second, and when she's been working, uh, she has contributed. Correct? Yes. All right. But I mean, so no, she, actually, my 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 pay my my. Uh, Retirement taking the, the house payment every right. time, but he just helps with the bills and everything else. All right. Do. Well, that doesn't mean her helping with the bills is not having to do anything to do with the house. If the payments uh, that are being made on the house uh, is your retirement, I think that puts you in another uh, another category. I don't think wow. you owe her anything on the house. I think it's yours because wow. it's your property. That's my understanding. But you've got to go to a divorce attorney to ask all those questions. Uh, but, uh, it sure smells to me like, uh, it's your house. And if you wait until she gets a job, uh, it's going to be a very different argument when it comes to, uh, how much spousal support, if any, is going to be paid. Hector. Hello, Hector. Welcome to handle on the law. Hey, Bill. Um, I have a question. I rented a hall for my daughter's quinceanera last year. COVID hit. It got postponed for this year. It still doesn't look like it's going to happen. I want my money back on what I paid in. The um, the guy rented it from, he's saying, oh, he wants 30% because I'm canceling. Okay. And um, so and, just, and, uh, can I get all my money back? You or? know what? I And I don't I don't know the answer to that. How much money uh, is, uh, it, once he gives you back uh, your money minus 30%, uh, how much is uh, that, that that amount of money? Well, um, I've deposited $4,000, so 30% off $4,000. It's about $1,000, okay, right. Yeah, give or take, it's Uh, $1,200. That's your lawsuit against him. Uh, And he's going to say, but, you know, it's not my fault. You're going to say it's not my fault. And uh, I think small claims judges have gone either way. Uh, But I'll tell you, for $1,200, it's worth it. Unless he has you sign a document that say you accept the 30%. Now, if you accept the 30% back, that's it. You're done. You've just paid uh, $1,200. If you refuse no. to sign his uh, document, then he's still holding on to your four grand, and you're suing for the whole $4,000 back. He, his answer is to me is telling me that he wants to postpone it for a different, another different date. My, it was for my daughter's 15th birthday. She's going to be 18 before this party happens. I understand. So, so it's going to be her 18th quinceanera. <laughs> uh, yes, you know, exactly. it's going to be, you know, she's going to celebrate her quinceanera when she's 25. That is, that's his defense. I'm willing to do it. I just couldn't do it during COVID. And I'm willing to give him 100% credit. That's a defense. You can't say you couldn't do it on June 1st. Uh, and he says, I-, I couldn't. I wasn't allowed to. We were under a shutdown order. The government wouldn't let me, al- wouldn't allow me to uh, to give uh, Hector a quinceanera. So it's, uh, it- it's one or the other. And then the judge may very well say, you know what? For you to pay $1,200 seems fair to me. It depends on which way a judge is going to go. You have a great case. 
Uh, the venue has a great defense. Okay. Thank you're you both very much. wrong, and you're both absolutely right. And that's when a judge is really doing his or her job. And that's when a judge, uh, and if it were me, if I'd be a judge, uh, I literally would look at the case uh, and go, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, you both have a a good case. Uh, Excuse me a minute. I'd go back into judge's chamber, close the door, and flip a coin. And then I would come out and uh, give you my judgment. Tax time is always stressful, but this stress can really magnify if an identity thief steals your information and pockets your refund. The IRS recommends electronic filing and using their PIN tool for extra security. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could steal what's yours. Even harm your finances, your credit, your reputation. Then there's LifeLock. LifeLock, I've been a customer of them for 10 years, helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web, the hidden part where people buy and sell your information. And if LifeLock detects your information has been potentially compromised, they send you an alert. And if it has been compromised, they have a restoration specialist that will help you unravel the problem. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business. But LifeLock by Norton, that's protection. Join, save up to 25% off your first year using the promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or visit LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. Okay, this is HANDLE on the Law. This is HANDLE on the Law. Marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Hey, Remy. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Hi, Bill. One of my remedies is in small claims court to overturn a judgment that I just got because um, I went before the same judge that I filed, that I disqualified in a case that I hit, a different case. Uh, Okay, so uh, you weren't able to disqualify him this time out. Did you? Uh, well, no, I didn't know I was going to get him. I didn't know I was going to get him. I, and the bailiff wouldn't tell me who was in that courtroom uh, taking over. And, now, so I, and, I, don't, in and I don't know. Here's a, here's a couple of questions I have, because uh, this is one of those uh, really intricate issues, a small claims court. Number one, can you qualify the judge right there and say, I don't want to hear it uh, because you've been disqualified and there's bias here. Uh, disqualified you for the first time. I don't know the answer to that. Second, were you the plaintiff or were you, were you the defendant? Plaintiff. Okay, well, that's a problem because if you lose uh, and you lost, right? Yeah, he gave me zero and it was a great case. Well, I mean, that's uh, what you think is a great case and what he thinks is a great case is something else. Um, I don't know if you can do it now. Uh, I, I I don't even know if you can appeal it because it's a small claims court. So uh, the answer is I don't know to the first, I don't know to the second, and I don't know uh, to the third. 
Well, that's why you call me. That's, I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm so good. Hello, Frank. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, Bill. I'm a landlord. Uh, a few months back, I served the tenant's notice. I'm moving back in. They're not happy. They've been complaining. And they uh, served me in like a uh, harassment restraining order. Okay. Does a land- landlord tenant handle that? No, or yeah, how does it's, that work? it should. Well, uh, first of all, you want to go in uh, and undo that. Uh, so, what does the restraining order say? Um, it, just for harassment and. Uh, oh, yeah, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I okay, but what, what are you restrained from? What are you supposed to What are you supposed to do or not do under the order? Not go within. I think it was a hundred feet. Well, okay. But I have you... a tendency next door, so I got to work next door. All right. Well, then you go next door, and uh, you have to go back and undo uh, the harassment, uh, the restraining order. You have to go in front of the same judge and make that uh, make that argument. So when she went in, I assume it's a she, right? I don't know why I said that. Uh, but it's a he. It's a he. So when he went in, were you there? Were you served, or was an ex parte order? No, I wasn't served by him. I was served by the uh No, sheriff. I understand. But were you given time to go to court or did it just happen the next day? Uh was it an ex parte order? In other words, did he go in and uh and just do it and get the order on his own? Was there a hearing? Yeah, uh, he went on No, he went on his own. Okay, then you've got to go in and ask for a hearing because he's making it impossible. You have to work next door, you can't stop working and you you have to deal with it. And it doesn't stop you from going forward with the eviction either. <laughs> Uh, no judge can say you cannot go ahead. You are restrained from following the law and evicting uh, that person. So that's not a problem. So I just, so I just go in to the court myself. No, and you say, got, hey, I think I'm no, to... no. I think you have to get a lawyer on this one. Uh, I think you have to get gotcha. a lawyer. But you have a lease with this person, right? Correct. Okay, then you look under the lease, uh, and it's still alive, right? The lease is still in uh, in effect. Yes, it is. Okay, well, you look under that clause of attorney's fees, and uh, you probably can collect attorney's fees. And you, you get a lawyer letter going to uh, that tenant and say, hey, here's what's going on. And by the way, you get to pay attorney's fees on this. Assuming that the attorney's fees clause uh, goes beyond, well, no, no, it has to do with the eviction. I don't think that's a problem. Hello, Mike. Thank you. Uh, briefly, my question is, can I pay off my ex-wife without going to court since the court-ordered settlement was a portion of my military retirement, should go to my ex-wife. All right, and you want to pay her the equivalent, so she gets the money, correct? Yeah, I want to pay her. We were talking, and she's in need of money, so uh, I'm willing to pay her a lump sum. Okay. And thereby terminating the monthly payments she gets. Okay, so here is the issue, okay? Uh, Can you do it? Yes. Do you want to do it? Not necessarily, Uh, because you want the court to sign off on it. Because here's, here's what might happen. So you pay her this lump sum, and she comes in and argues, that's not enough. That's not what we agreed to. It's only a partial payment and hauls you back into court. Oh. Yeah. You've got to, it, 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 whatever you agree to, uh, and, and I don't even think you necessarily have to appear in front of a judge. You want to go to a family law attorney and just say, can we just submit it and have the judge sign off? It could be a very simple thing. But, man, oh. you want that agreed to. And the family law attorney may very well just say, have it notarized uh, if both sides uh, agree. Uh, What you don't want to do is have you, for example, have an attorney and she not have an attorney uh, because that immediately open to attack. Uh, So what I would do, contact a family law lawyer just to ask the question 
as to which way to go. You can go to handleonthelaw.com. Hello, Jack. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thanks for taking my call. I was injured on the job, and after uh, a number of go-arounds with the claims adjuster, they decided that I had to talk to their attorney, which forced me to have to interview and hire an attorney because I can deal with a claims adjuster, but I can't deal with an attorney uh, from the defense's side. I interviewed for about five weeks. I talked to eight different attorneys. I hired one. We signed a contract 95 days ago. Uh, the attorney has informed me in emails uh, the last 10 days in three different emails that he no longer wants to represent me in this case. Okay. And he's had a v- various number of reasons in which he wants to blame me for things, but I go back to the emails and I point out to him that, you know, he says I, he asked for some information. Yeah, really. It, I, I mean, it really – find information. Jack, he's just covering his rear end. That's all. Right. Uh, okay. So I – and he finally agreed that – I said, look, I haven't done any of these things you said, and this was agreed in email, but you want to be off the case. I understand. Okay, fine. Well, I have a deposition coming up. Uh, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'll represent you for 30 days, and then I'm going to get off the case. You need to find another attorney. Well, I have no interest in finding another attorney. Well, you can't force him. Advice, I think. Jack, you can't force them to be your attorney. I mean, that yeah, you can't do. Himself, and then I don't have to own the 15%. Well, you're, first, of all, you first of all, you don't pay the 15% in workers' comp. That's paid for by the workers' comp fund. They don't take it out of your cut. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about that. Yes, they do. They take it out of a settlement. I've been to a workers' comp. Wow, that's news. Ago. That's news to me because it's statutory oh, where yeah, they, they get it. Fifteen percent of right. whatever. Well, you're not, all right, that's, <laughs> that's they, news they to me. Your money. Okay, that's news to and me. And this guy asked for eighteen percent if it went to trial and twenty percent if there was an appeal. Now, I he scratched those out of the contract. Wow, I think you know what I thought. Wait, I thought workers' comp is totally statutory. So I'm missing something, Jack. And you clearly know a lot statutory, more. Statutory, it says in the in the in the workers' comp book. Right, Jack, you, nine you, to twelve percent. Okay, but they're asking for. 15 if you sign a contract and you've you've agreed to pay the 15 and there's not a guy I, I, guys well, i interviewed not a one of them was going to work for nine to twelve percent not yeah. one of them you know i, I gotta tell you, you clearly know a lot more about this than i do so i i'm going to bail and if i have a workers comp question uh, jack leave your phone number and i'll call you uh because i'm missing something here and uh, the bottom line is an attorney can bail out uh, not want to represent you anymore. Now, in some cases, the judge will force an attorney to go forward, uh, especially when you're in the middle of the case, especially when uh, usually criminal cases were right in the middle of it uh, and you want out, and a judge is going to go, no, thank you. Or uh, a complicated civil case that's just going to trial, just there. But I, I think asking a workers' comp uh, a judge and administrators, administrative judge to go, hey, uh, you know what? My attorney wants out. I, I need an, an, another 30 days uh, to get an attorney. I can't imagine anybody would say no to that. We'll be right back. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Chris. Hi, Chris. So I had an argument with my girlfriend now, and um, and I broke her phone. I broke her phone, and that's all I did. And now the cops keep coming to my house looking for me because more likely she made up some things that I she made up something that I hit her or I put my hands on her or something like that. More likely because she's bipolar and she's crazy and, and but she's very toxic to me. But I'm still there and I am scared of going to jail because in this beautiful country of ours, I am guilty until I'm proven innocent. Well, what that's, I do. I don't. I don't have, I don't yeah. have a record. That, that's actually no, not that's actually not true, Chris. I mean, you you really are innocent until proven guilty, except during the course of an arrest. 
then you'd better be innocent and uh, not be assumed you're guilty, which they do. So here's what ended up happening. Your girlfriend said uh, he beat me up, he hit me. Uh, I don't know if there's any evidence of that. Uh, maybe she. No, there's cameras. You know where we were. were sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Where we were at, there is there is cameras. There is recording. Okay. What well, what happened? And it will clearly show I didn't do anything. Okay, so that other, makes it other e- than break her phone. Okay, that makes it easy. That makes it real easy. Uh, the I I would call the police and say, here's what happened. What do I do? There are cameras. You can see it. And uh, I am being accused wrongly. Now, it's her word against your word, except you have proof that you didn't do it. Yes. You know, they just aren't going to say, well, she said I uh, she said that I beat her up. Is there any evidence? Do you have uh, bruising? Uh, do you I mean, if she was smart and really wanted to nail you, she would have taken a frying pan and smashed it on her forehead and had a really big bruise and say Chris did it. Uh, but uh, short of that, uh, it's. Uh, I think you're going to be okay. Call the police and say, hey, what do you want me to do? And they may say, come in. And they may arrest you there. And if you ask if you're going to be arrested, if you ask if you're going to be arrested, they're going to, they may even say no. They could lie to you. And you're going to be arrested. The The police can lie to you all day long. That's allowed under the law. I'll tell you what the problem is. Your your choice of girlfriends, Chris. Yeah, she's super hot, though. Well, okay, then that, listen, that may be worth a few days in jail. What the hell? Hi, Maggie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, um, I had um, some dental work done four months ago, which is a bridge. And um, ever since, you know, maybe like two, three weeks later, started to have pain in all that area. And so I kept on reporting it to the dentist, uh, and they just uh, brought me back. They said that. They needed to adjust the bite, so I've been there like five times okay. to adjust the bite. The pain's still there. All right. Uh, so now the doctor that did the work is no longer working at that facility. So the first time I saw the new doctor, he told me that uh, I needed a root canal in one of the uh, tubes that um. That is part of the brick. All right, Maggie, are they offering that for free? They're not offering uh, anything, uh, but now I want to go first. So I asked this new doctor, uh, I said, well, why didn't the other doctor notice that I needed a root canal before they did all this work, $3,200 worth of work? So now, you know, I'm very uncomfortable and still on Okay, so what's your I got it, Maggie. What's your question? My question is, I want—I have an appointment for a second opinion. Right. What's the best way to approach it with that. So. Okay. Uh, here, the best way to approach it is to actually sit in the dentist chair. That's for starters. Okay. And uh, have the uh, second opinion doctor look in your mouth. That's very important. Then uh, you're going to get an opinion. And if it turns out that uh, the opinion is they should have done a root canal. And you may want to bring the x-rays. They have to give you the x-rays, Maggie, the first doctor. The, those x-rays belong to you. They're part of your medical right. They're part of your medical uh, record. And if they won't give you the x-rays, something is really unkosher. You uh, demand them in, uh, in an email. 
Uh, if they refuse, that's part of your lawsuit because you're going to sue them. You're going to yeah. sue them. And the problem is, uh, how much did you pay? $3,200. Okay, how much is a root canal? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. You have to find out from the uh, second doctor how much a root canal is. Because yeah, what you're going okay. to ask for is a refund of the $3,200 minus what you would pay for the root canal. You're not going to get both. Okay, you're uh, you're going to uh, if you get any money, you have to credit him uh, as against the uh, second Ruth Ruth Canal because you got to pay for it anyway. And they're not going to uh, they're not going to go forward and let you uh, collect both ways on this. So uh, see what the doctor says. See what uh, second opinion says. And uh, yeah, they're probably going to give you in first. What I would do is first demand x-rays. And okay. otherwise, they're going to take x-rays. And the problem is going to be if they take x-rays and you have not demanded x-rays from the first doctor, uh, then the court's going to say, hey, uh, it's on you. You decided to have x-rays even though you had a set sitting over there that were just taken a few months ago. So you have to first make the demand and say, I need them immediately. I'm getting a second opinion. Say that. I mean, let them know you're getting a second opinion. Uh, and okay. then uh, what you do is uh, you simply file a lawsuit. Now, here's the problem uh, is, number one, the money is not extraordinary. They're not going to give you pain and suffering, maybe a little bit, but no, I don't think they're going to. Uh, and you have to bring in that doctor as an expert witness. Or maybe the court will accept a statement from the doctor. Yeah, maybe uh, saying here yeah. it is. And if uh, the first doctor shows up, but I don't know if they're going to for $3,200 because uh, dentists uh, make a lot of money and it take half a day off for $3,200. I don't know. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay doctor number two as an expert witness, and that's thousands of dollars a day. All right. This is Handle on the Law. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.